Hey, Iron Pigs fans, welcome to another edition of Pig Pod, episode two. And the first episode was certainly a great success. I want to once again thank Derek Hall for joining us. But on this episode of Pig Pod, I'm joined by Senior Director of Marketing and Entertainment, Matthew Barry. And Matthew, welcome to Pig Pod. Thanks, Mike. Happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you as well, too. And, you know, as we continue to go through all these Pig Pod episodes, talking all things Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, minor league baseball, major league baseball from time to time, and just all fun things that we do here in the confines of Coca-Cola Park. Be sure to follow us on ironpigsbaseball.com, Spotify, Apple Podcast to make sure to listen to Pig Pod. But of course, too, if you want to check out the video version as well, you can get to YouTube as well. So Matthew, we got to start off. How about the Philadelphia Phillies? I know a tough finish for them. And what was an outstanding uh, playoff run and even a really great effort in the World Series. But the Houston Astros are World Series champions. Uh, but for the Phillies, what a successful year. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, you know, getting into uh, the affiliation with the team here, it was awesome to see a lot of the guys that we had on the team make it onto the playoff roster and then even some on the World Series roster and getting to see those guys progress. But then, you know, having the opportunity to be at those games was was awesome. I mean, I'm wearing the the jacket I got with the little World Series patch right here. It's it's great. Um, you know, still still wishing that uh, they could have pulled pulled it out there. Um, but you know, it's a tough loss. It, it, it's never easy, especially with the series and the fans. The way way it was at uh, Citizen Bank, it was it was a crazy experience. And the reason why we're starting off this episode too was because not just you know everything happening in the city of Philadelphia you know, getting behind the Phillies, but also, too, here at Coca-Cola Park um, throughout the entire um, World Series. The video board was lit up, you know, Phillies yep. nationally champions. Uh, but our entire staff, as you mentioned, was pretty much down there at one point, whether it was for all three days, two days, or just one day. Um, it was certainly um, quite an experience, games three through five. Um, my follow-up question to you is, are you still tired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for anybody that saw that, I was interviewed while I was at Citizen Bank Park. Uh, nice long interview, and the only clip that was used was me saying, I'm tired. So uh, I'm, not, I'm no longer tired, but, uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to go to three of the games and get to share in that experience, so that was, that was a lot of fun. And as you mentioned, too, obviously it was great seeing a lot of uh, former Iron Pigs players and current Iron Pigs players getting that opportunity uh, to play in the World Series. So, But I um, did want to, con of course, congratulate the Philadelphia Phillies and their entire organization on being the National League champions. And, of course, hopefully um, a World Series championship can come their way in 2023. So now that baseball, in a sense, is done, um, at least from field on the play, but it's never truly done. You know, obviously there's right. an off season here at Coca-Cola Park. I know Iron Pigs fans, you know, that are, have been consistently with the organization since 2008, kind of know what we're up to, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that still wonder, well, what are the Iron Pigs doing now since the minor league season was done at the end mm -hmm. of September? So Matthew, I know for you and myself and, our, and all of our coworkers, um, you know, we're busy already getting prepared for the 2023 season. Yeah, I, you know, I think a lot of people – you know, they look at baseball season ending, and it's over for them as fans, uh, especially right after the World Series. You know, we got free agency kicking up for Major League Baseball. But, uh, you know, we've been working on the 2023 season for months. We were in the middle of the 2022 season when we started looking at what theme nights we're going to do next year. You know, our, our you know, what goes into those nights, our jerseys that we're going to be 
be using on those nights, uh, you know, other initiatives that we're working on for 2023. So that, that work is already being done during the season while we're, you know, while the Iron Pigs are on the field uh, getting prepared. But now is really the big time for us to, you know, start those initiatives that we've been planning. It's now time to execute on those. And that's everything from, you know, uh, making sure we have things ordered, uh, giveaways are ordered, planning those out with sponsors to selling season tickets. And, you know, it's it's now the 2023 baseball season. It really is. And, you know, for Bacon USA members, which is really, uh, uh, you know, a collective group of folks that are season ticket holders. I mean, 10 game plans are on sale. And, of course, many plans will uh, be coming on sale as well, too, in the days ahead. And, of course, eventually individual game tickets will mm -hmm. uh, make their way on sale. But you kind of answered already and how did teams prepare for next season because of um, the way – the system is now working here in minor league baseball. You got to work ahead in the midst of uh, your current season. So I know for fans, they're eager. Well, what fun promotional stuff are we going to have on tap? Um, I know we can't really divulge too much right now, but I would expect right. to see for those listening, wondering what fun stuff are we going to do? It's going to be a blast here once again in 2023. Yeah, definitely. And you know, that's like you mentioned, there's not a, there's certain things we can't talk about yet because there's release dates and, and, you know, merchandise that needs to be here before we can release and, and things along those lines. Uh, you know, obviously right behind me, you see our, our new bacon USA road jerseys. So we're really excited about being able to release those. Uh, you know, we're taking bacon USA on the road with us. And, uh, you know, I believe the video should be in the link in description on YouTube and, and Spotify. So you guys can check out that release video. Um, so, you know, this is something that th those road jerseys we were working on prior to the 2022 season. Yep. And then as we're working through the, the season, um, you know, we're, we're working on what those theme nights are going to be, what those promotions are going to be. And right now, basically, we're just trying to make sure we have everything buttoned up before we can release that promotional schedule, um, which, you know, keep an eye out. It, it'll be coming out soon. And then ultimately, individual tickets will go on sale. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of exciting things that, you know that the fans get to see next year that we already know what's going to happen yep. we already we already have those plans in place and uh so you know that's what what a lot of what we're working on now is uh a couple things like the coqui you know the coqui are coming back uh we had the new colorways last year um you know which were very popular so there's some slight changes there but we're excited about the coqui coming back um the new bacon usa road jerseys and then uh i know uh Coming up uh, very soon in November is the Marvel release uh, with our the logo's already been released online, so you can actually go check mm -hmm. that out. Our our um, Defender of the Diamonds Iron Pigs logo, uh, it's a specific to us, and we worked with Marvel on that. So that was an exciting process, and uh, you know that merchandise will be on sale here soon as well. And you talk about Marvel too, because that was always you know something that I know really struck a chord with fans. You know this past season. Iron Pigs, uh, you know, they got infatuated with the um, with the Marvel look. Obviously, uh, Brayden Ogle, um, mm -hmm. you know, posed as Thor, did a photo shoot. Perfect we, guy. It was perfect guy. You know, he really did an outstanding job with it. Um, you know, appreciative of his efforts and helping that uh, become a success. So those Thor uniforms uh, and the Marvel was kind of a big hit. So when partnering with, you know, minor league baseball and Marvel um, for all these affiliated teams, it's cool to see. And now we have our own logo you know, for this season and beyond. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they, they've been a good partner with uh, minor league baseball, uh, and obviously with us as well as the individual team. Uh, so, you know, last year we had the Thor jerseys. 
uh, we, that process is really cool to get into that because there's different options that you can have um, based on characters from the movies. And now they're taking it a step further, uh, trying to build on this program and, and having every individual team have their own logo um, that's unique to them. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a new, new jersey on field, new cap, uh, you know, merchandise line. Um, but it, it's a brand new identity and getting to work through that process, working with uh, Major League Baseball and, uh, and Marvel directly mm-hmm. uh, through that design process, uh, you know, it was interesting to see uh, because they're not, they're not normally designing sports logos, right? Yep. But they have a, obviously a, a huge history of comic books and, and uh, you know, designing uh, along those lines in animation. So it's, it's really cool to, to really branch that gap. Uh, bridge that gap and, and see those those differences come together. Well, it really is. You know, the uh, everything affiliated with Marvel is such a big hit. Obviously, all the movies, right. you know, and, you know, how the millions upon millions of people that um, got to see those movies, read those comic books. And now, you know, with minor league baseball being all about entertainment, as you say, um, obviously incorporating that is going to be a lot of fun. So I know for our fans um, who are into that, they're really going to enjoy this Marvel look here for the upcoming season. So, um, but not only with just Marvel, Matthew, but also too, you know, this past Wednesday was Scrapple Day, National Scrapple Day. Scrapple was really a big hit for us uh, this past season. Of course, Scrapple is very uh, prominent in the region. It's a, you know, it's a, uh, it's a breakfast meat, uh, meat that many enjoy, but the Scrapple jersey and hat this past season, great success. One of our biggest merch hits of all time here, going yep. back to 2008, uh, but also to them with it recently being National Scrapple Day. Mike Luciano, our director of merchandise, kind of reissuing it, but also to adding a new T-shirt for fans to buy. Yeah, so you can go check that out on shopironpigs.com right now. It's available. Uh, you know, the Scrapple identity uh, was our salute to Lehigh Valley last year, and it, it like you said, it was it was a monster. Yep. Um, you know, some of these things that we're planning well in advance, we don't know how well they're going to do. Right. Um, and obviously this one was lightning in a bottle for us. I, it was it was awesome to see the reaction, uh, you know, obviously in the Lehigh Valley, but even nationally, there was a lot of people that um, bought the merchandise across mm-hmm. the country. Um, and I, I didn't know what really Scrapple was until we got into this process of designing, uh, you know, seeing the logos and in, in the jerseys and going through that merchandise process. Um, and, and I still... Don't eat Scrapple. I'm not, <laughs> not personally a fan of Scrapple, but I know, um, yeah, I, I believe you're not either. I'm not but, a fan of it. But we do have a lot of people in this we office do. that love Scrapple. Um, and, you know, I think it's it's definitely something that uh, is obviously it, it evokes that reaction from mm-hmm. people. They 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 can res- it resonates with them. It's something emotional for them. Um, and, you know, it, it was just an awesome promotion and, and we're excited to to continue that that identity. Yeah, it's going to be a fun identity and continue with it moving forward. He's Matthew Barry, our Senior Director of Marketing and Entertainment. I'm Mike Ventola, Media Relations Manager here with the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Be sure to follow us here on the Pig Pod on ironpigsbaseball.com, Spotify, Apple Podcast. So, you know, talking about a lot of different things here, um, you know, covering, you know, of course, you know, what's happening here in the minor league baseball offseason, of course, with our Marvel announcement and our Scrapple announcement. But, you know, as always, too, we try to incorporate having guests on uh, the Pig Pod. Episode one, of course, featured Derek Hall. Long ball. Uh, Long ball Hall, who um, had an outstanding season here in 2022, going up to Philadelphia, um, making his name very much well known within the Philadelphia Phillies community. But 
one person that really has ingratiated himself in Philadelphia Philly, in Philadelphia Phillies lore um, is been longtime radio announcer Scott Fransky. You know Scott Fransky who had to step in the shoes of you know Harry Callis, um, of course Harry Callis, who then of course was on television uh, for a long time prior to his passing. But you know Scott Fransky has become the radio voice of the Philadelphia Phillies. He had a front row view to the Philadelphia Phillies' most uh, recent playoff run here. So it's going to be exciting to see and getting a chance to talk with him um, about that playoff run and then also, too, um, you know, obviously his experience is being the Phillies radio announcer. So we'll get an opportunity to talk to Scott and um, see, of course, uh, what he has to say on everything Philadelphia Phillies related. So we're here with Scott Fransky, the radio voice for the Philadelphia Phillies. And Scott, first and foremost, you know, thanks for taking for some time to talk with me here today. And um, I'm sure, you know, you're now kind of transitioning from all the high intensity of the playoffs to now just getting into the offseason. So how's everything going? It's it was very different. You know, it's been a while since we've had a run like that. And uh, it's a lot of years in a row where, you know, kind of there's a defined end date. And, uh, you know, when the season's going to end because uh, that's when the schedule runs out. Um, so you kind of work yourself up to it. This was a lot different. Um, you know, you get into the playoffs and you're going every day, whether you're playing a game or you're traveling or something like that. So it's pretty intense. And uh, it takes a few days, I'd say, to uh, kind of uh, shift gears and, and get on with life, if you will. You know, let's start back at the beginning of the postseason, you know, for, you know, the Phillies as um, they were, you know, getting in as the 60, they got to go to St. Louis in that new wild card format. And I know there was a feeling of obviously, you know, you know, once you're in, everyone's got a clean record. So for you and obviously for, um, you know, uh, getting that opportunity to, you know, call a postseason game for the first time in quite a while since, you know, um, the team was last in, you know, in the world, uh, obviously when it had been since what the 2011 season or so when you last called a postseason game. So what would it mean for you in that prep and obviously getting a chance to just, you know, call some playoff baseball? Well, it's, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, obviously that's what, um, you know, everybody uh, lives for is to be able to go to October and, and play extra games and play in the playoffs. The games are unlike anything you deal with in the regular season, that's for sure. Um, but you go into it knowing that it could be over quick. I mean, you know, it's uh, three games on the road. If you lose two, you're out, you know. And um, I think that comeback in the first game was was so huge for them just from a confidence standpoint, obviously just from a, you know, being up one games to none standpoint and putting the Cardinals sort of back on their heels. That was big. But I think just from a confidence standpoint, it sort of sent that message to everybody that, you know, again, the Phillies aren't out of a game. We're here to play. We're here to try to win as many games as possible. And uh, obviously they uh, had a pretty good run. You know, um, obviously, you know, Gene, uh, you know, gets that, uh, gets, you know, hits, gets the big hit. You know, the Phillies are able to come back, you know, and that really kind of caught the team, um, you know, got them some momentum, got them some fire. They were able to, of course, beat St. Louis and then, you know, in the division series, uh, getting a chance to, you know, defeat the Atlanta Braves. And then, you know, as you saw this team kind of now put themselves in a situation where, you know, they're getting the championship series against the San Diego Padres. Um, you got to know these guys, obviously, throughout the season. And, you know, a lot of these guys for years, you know, for those who have been longer tenured Phillies. Um, when did it start to click for you as, you know, obviously as uh, the broadcaster for the team, knowing that and maybe this team does have a chance to get to the World Series and potentially win a World Series? 
Well, I mean, obviously the, uh, you know, once they got, once they got by mm. uh, the Cardinals, uh, you know, I mean, because again, it's such a short series. I think that's a bit of a crapshoot, you know, it's kind of a toss up. But I think once they got through that and the fact that the Phillies were playing all three on the road, but once they got through that, I felt like they had a real chance um, because the way the matchups lined up, um, you know, I mean, obviously they weren't a good matchup for the Mets all year long. The Mets dominated them and uh, the Padres knocking the Mets out uh, was big. I, I always felt like the Phillies played pretty well against Atlanta. I thought they matched up okay. I think for whatever reason, um, you know, the Braves, while they won, you know, five division titles uh, in a row and, and they've dominated the division. I'd never felt like the Phillies, you know, were overmatched by the Braves. Uh, uh, you know, it didn't mean they were going to win. They had to perform. Um, I think, Steve, you know, I mean, you look back on it, little things happen. I mean, Max Fried wasn't at his best. You know, he was sick coming off, you know, illness. Um, and he started game one and the Phillies got to him. And, you know, like that's a huge break and a tone setter for the for the uh, for that series um obviously the game against strider that that you know strider not being at full strength made a big difference he won four games against the phillies during the regular season um he dominated them so uh the fact that the phillies got to him and that big home run by reese i think that home run by reese uh was the one moment for me that sort of signaled there's something going on here um you know, uh, th there's there's something happening here uh, that maybe we we're not going to be able to fully explain. Uh, but, um, you know, they got on that run. And, and uh, you know, again, I, but I thought that was a certain moment there where kind of for me, it felt like, you know, look out. I mean, this this team could get to the World Series very, you know, I don't want to say easily. Nothing's easy, but um, they definitely had a shot at that point. It just seemed like the Phillies had so much momentum, you know, some maybe calling them a Cinderella team, obviously, you know, being uh, the sixth seed in the National League. And it just seemed like every player had their moment, whether it was Nick Castellanos and his catches, you know, in the outfield, you know, obviously Schwarber home run after home run Harper, obviously, and Bryce in his big moments, Reese in his big moments, Gene, so on and so forth. Alec even making, you know, doing what he was able to do from the third base position and, um, you know, so for you, knowing that everybody was kind of picking one another up and, you know, I can't forget about JT and obviously what the pitching staff was doing throughout the playoffs. Um, was it, is, was this playoff run as fun of a group as you've been around as your in your tenure, um, as the radio announcer for the Phillies? Yeah, I think one thing that, that made it so, uh, much fun, not only for me, but for everybody, I mean, obviously the moments were, were amazing. I mean, they, they did things. Uh, in the moment, comebacks, you know, game on the line kind of stuff. Um, but I think what made it so much fun for everybody watching is the, the unexpected nature of it all. Um, you know, those teams in, you know, 07 to 11, um, they were good. They were really good teams. There were high expectations. Um, they, it's not, they never backed into the playoffs. Um, you know, some years they just flat dominated. They crushed the competition on the way to the playoffs. Um, so I think it felt like there was more pressure in those years to live up to 102 regular season wins, or there was pressure to, to be the third time National League champion. 
there wasn't that kind of pressure this year. It was the sort of the first go for most of these guys. And it was fresh. It was new. It was exciting. And the fans were just overwhelmingly thirsty for this. Uh, you know, they wanted this so badly. And, um, I, you know, for me, uh, I've said it already, but, I, you know, just from a, a standpoint of having a good time and having fun, I mean, that's as, that's as fun a 30-day stretch as I can remember in this business, for sure. We're here with Scott Fransky here on Pig Pod. And, you know, Scott, when you take a look at, you know, the fans, obviously, you know, the players um, talked a lot about how the fans made their impact. On our first episode here on Pig Pod, we talked to Derek Hall. And Derek said that, you know, one of the great things about Philly fans is that their knowledge is tenfold. You know, when the Phillies were at the plate, even though it was still loud, but they weren't as loud, realizing they wanted their hitters to to focus, obviously, you know, get the best of the opposition. But anytime an opposing player stepped in the batter's box, it felt like, especially at Citizens Bank Park, the place was loud. It was raucous in a good way. And, you know, for you up in the booth, obviously, you're trying to capture focus, call in the play, you know, each pitch, each play. But were there moments where you were kind of, you know, able to, take in to what the fans were doing, you know, throughout each game? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, uh, I, I thought that was a huge part of the overall story. Um, I think there's nothing like a baseball pennant race, whether it's, you know, down through the, through September, you know, like you're, maybe you're trying to win the division or get to the playoffs uh, or a playoff run, a, a, a deep playoff run. There's nothing nothing in sports I don't think that equates to that sort of everyday march and the everyday one day builds on the next and it builds on the next and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it draws more and more and more people uh, into the party so to speak and I I think the fact that the fans uh, were so um, hungry for it and they let it be known um how loud they could be, how passionate they could be, how much it mattered to them. And I think the players saw that. And, and even for, you know, even for the guys, you know, that, that came up through the organization that have been here a while, you know, whether it's Nola or Reese or, you know, guys like that. And we would tell them like, trust us, it, it, it's going to be different. You're going to be blown away by it once you finally get to the postseason, and they were and I don't even think how it didn't matter how much we tried to tell them or prepare them for it I think they were still as players taken aback and stunned by it I mean and a pre very appreciative of it and um, I keep calling it this like it was this month-long mutual admiration society you know the the, the player keeps uh, or the fan keeps cheering the player and the player keeps referencing the fan uh, afterwards and, and acknowledging the fan afterwards. And I, I thought it was, um, you know, that that's part of what made it so special, I think, for for all of us, really, uh, whether you're a broadcaster or, or a player or, or a fan of the team. I mean, it was that way it all felt connected. You know, I know for a lot of uh, folks here in the Lehigh Valley and, you know, for the Iron Pigs organization here at the AAA level, you know, it was really cool for, Um, us here to see you know a lot of homegrown players you know getting their first opportunity in the playoffs and getting their first opportunity in the world series you know you and i could sit here and list them all but knowing that a good portion of the phillies postseason roster played in lehigh valley at one point or another so for you who has been covering this team uh for you know for such a long time now you know how did it 
you know, kind of see it from your angle, full circle that yes, certainly some free agent options did their part. We talked about them already, some of the big heavy hitters, but knowing that a lot of these guys came up to the farm system, you know, how much is it now kind of seeing for the Phillies that, Hey, we were able to really see some good developing players, you know, come up in a big way here in the postseason. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's no question they don't get to the postseason without uh, the full depth and contributions of the, the the kids coming from the minor leagues. It didn't mean they had to play every day. It didn't mean that they were uh, uh, superstars in the lineup, but they held roles. I mean, you mentioned that you had Derek Hall on. I mean, I, I look at Derek Hall as um, a bit of a savior for the season and, and not, you know, I, I'm not trying to overstate it, but what he was able to do in his time filling in as the DH, uh, that, that was huge. I mean, it was a big, big deal for him to sort of hold down that middle spot in the order. It allowed other guys to stay in the same spot in the order and to know that Derek Hall was, was going to hold his head above water and, and put up numbers and, and perform. I mean, he did a great job, you know, a Nick Maton filling in. Uh, you know, you look at some of the arms that, that came up at different times, um, you know, guys that had come through the organization, you know, Connor Brogdon kind of blossoming into uh, a guy at times this year. I, I just think there are so many, you know, obviously Stott and Bohm were everyday players um, that, that came through the system. I think everybody had, um, you know, a, a little you, you could sense the pride of, of these guys that came through the organization to show that, hey, you know, the Phillies are doing it the right way. They're they're um, they're producing players that matter at the big league level. And again, uh, it's not always going to be a superstar player coming through the system. But those role players who come through the system are important as well, because as a manager, what's if you have a big frontline guy go down, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Your center fielder goes down. What do you want to know first and foremost is that when you run Matt Beerling out there, he knows how to play the position, right? He knows where to be, where to throw the ball. Is he going to make physical mistakes? Sure. He's a young player and he's still learning, but you want to know that he's been taught how to play the game the right way. And I think that's what a lot of these guys showed that they could, they could come up here, they could hold down a job and they could play the game the right way on the days that we're asked to do that certainly sets up for what should be an exciting future here for the Phillies. I know we can spend hours talking about, um, you know, what the plans for 2023 and beyond, but that's another conversation for another day. But I did want to circle back and I, you know, I know for you and Larry, you guys have been together a long time and I know Philly fans, um, you know, are, you know, they, they thoroughly obviously enjoy the job that you guys have done for such a long period of time. I know for myself, fortunate enough to, you know, have worked alongside you guys for a couple spring training games here and there and knowing just how awesome you guys are through and through. Um, how much conversation, if any, did you guys have that, you know, knowing that you guys were, hey, we're back getting a chance to call some postseason baseball. And did you guys have a moment at all just kind of, you know, saying, hey, it's just great to be back and let's have some fun with this? Yeah, I think um, I think we're all pretty uh, aware of the fact that, um, you know, that opportunity obviously doesn't come around. Uh, and, and you never know when it'll come back around again. Um, you know, this is a great run. Does it mean they'll be back next year? Not necessarily. You never know, you know, in sports guys get hurt, situations change, who knows? Um, but, um, you, you hope that they will be, you want them to be. Um, so I think we were pretty aware of of the situation. You know, and again, Larry's obviously dialed back his schedule a lot in recent years. 
Um, and it was cool to, to get him back out on the road and, and uh, sort of experience the postseason again. I, I always love watching how nervous he gets and, and uh, he's so invested in it uh, like a fan would be, uh, you know, sort of living and dying with every pitch. Um, and, and for me, you know, as, as a friend and a colleague, uh, it's fun to watch him kind of go through that and, uh, and enjoy it with him. And, you know, Murph and Tom and, and, uh, we're all really good friends and it's, it's, it's really cool to be able to share that experience with, you know, people you, you know, you really care about people you like being with. Cause, um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, this, uh, so often this game is about the relationships you make along the way. And, uh, those are ones that we'll have forever. And, uh, certainly the memories that we shared here over the last month are, are ones we'll have forever. So it was a good time for sure. Um, just a couple more before I let you go, Scott. Um, I was recently listening to um, a podcast where Dave Pash was um, interviewing uh, Jim Nance, and obviously a phrase that is synonymous with Jim Nance is "Hello, friends." Will Bedlam at the bank become synonymous with you, Scott? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Who knows? Um, if it is, that's fine with me. That was a fun, fun time. <laughs> No, that's uh now that's great to hear um you know also too uh, you know you've been you know obviously you haven't been you know the radio announcer for the Phillies for uh you know such a long time um you know obviously you uh, had the opportunity to do a little television as well to uh throughout the uh throughout the season as well but I know how much the art of uh, the radio means to you and getting a chance to truly describe the play-by-play -play. you don't have to maybe do as much description on TV as you would on radio so you know knowing that, um, you get a chance to do, you know, do this each and every day and to do this in the city of Philadelphia. You ever pinch yourself from time to time? Be like, man, I'm really in an outstanding spot here and getting a chance to do what I do. Absolutely. All the time. I mean, I, I, I try to make sure I, I always remember there's, there's very few of these jobs available and uh, to be able to, you know, be fortunate enough to be one of the people that's doing it. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I, I have a background like you and, you know, trying to come up through the minor leagues and, and, you know, do this. And, and I was really fortunate. I know how many great announcers there are in the minor leagues. Um, and for whatever reason, I got a chance that, that clicked, that worked. And, and, uh, I know there's a lot of guys, um, you know, down on the, down on the farm as, as it were, uh, that, that would, perform just as well in the same situation so I'm I'm really lucky it's a great place to work great people to work for and as I talked about great people to work with and Larry and you know T-Mac and Murph and and all the guys that we've had come through over the years it's um I, I've you know just I've been really really lucky for sure well Scott I want to thank you so much for joining me here on the pig pod um obviously um you know what a fun ride it's been for you and the entire Phillies organization hopefully it can continue many more years down the line and uh enjoy your off season I'm sure you're now excited to be home you know you and your wife and your kids getting to spend more time with your families obviously more important than anything else in the world so kick back relax and before you know it, it'll be February you're probably heading back down to Clearwater yeah. at some point I don't know how much I don't know how much kickbacking uh and relaxing there is but uh we'll we'll do our best so thanks for having me Mike uh, my pleasure. Thank you, Scott. Once again, folks, that is Scott Fransky, the radio announcer, radio voice of the Philadelphia Phillies. 
It was great getting a chance to talk with Scott Fransky there, Matthew. I know, I'm sure for you who just, you know, getting ingratiated here within the Phillies uh, community per se, um, hopefully uh, you learned a lot from what Scott had to say. Yeah, definitely. He's a great Twitter follow as well. Um, and, you know, it's awesome to have the support of, of people like Scott uh, for the Iron Pigs and the, and the Phillies and being able to get that insight. Well, once again, folks, he is Matthew Barry, our Senior Director of Marketing and Entertainment. I'm Mike Ventola, Media Relations Manager with the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Be sure to follow along with the Pig Pod on Spotify and Apple, Apple Podcasts. Be sure as well, too, at ironpigsbaseball.com. Check out the full video version here. You can, you know, see Matthew and I in our entire set here on YouTube. Of course, the Iron Pigs YouTube page as well. And be on the lookout for Episode 3 in the coming days. Once again, that's Pig Pod. Like and subscribe.